scared as equally skilled in firearms, bladed weapons, and hand-to-hand ass-kicking. She's also a master of disguise, and right now, she could be anywhere on this ship, or anyone. Ow! ow damn it, sore leave! Ow! Hi, welcome to Venture Bros. Me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Nick Penny Friedman. Ooh, you get five of me and I'm a nickel. Yeah, that's not what that means. <laughs> no, <Nope>. damn. <laughs> I honestly don't know where the hell these nicknames are coming from. Uh, and we have Matt, the Flying Tomato Dykes. Yeah. We call them tomatoes. <laughs> I was... I meant to say tomato, and then I just <laughs> forgot. You say tomato, I say tomato. You are from the USA, you are from England. Uh, <laughs> so, can you guess whose nicknames I just gave both of you? Flying Tomato. Yeah. Donald Trump? Nope. Oh, it was Sean orange. White. Sean oh. White. Who's that? Uh, he is a famous U.S. skateboarder and more famous snowboarder. Yes. He does skateboard, but he's more famous for snowboarding. I said skateboarder first because in the photo I'm looking at, he is holding a skateboard. <laughs> oh, that Sean White. Yes. Big mm. Olympic guy. Yes. I 100% know who you are talking about. Let's move on. How could you not? Aren't you from here? Um... Ooh, I have to tell you a story after this. It's not related to anything we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's related to Sean White, but it's just like my favorite okay. thing about Sean White. I think about it all the time. I'll okay. just tell you now. So yeah, just do it. There's a there's a video where after he won, I think his first gold medal, he went on Fox News and they were asking, they were interviewing him, and he's like 17 or 18 at the time. And they were, he was like, yeah, it was great. Like all the, the stewardesses and stuff were like giving me drinks. And the lady uh, who's interviewing him cuts him off. She's like, drinks, aren't you underage? And he's like, uh, I'm talking Mountain Dews, baby. <laughs> Think about that all the time just because it's such a great save, but it's also so stupid. <laughs> I'm talking Mountain Dews, baby. That's, that's phenomenal. I yep. swear I've heard that before. Not the story. Uh, I, I, I'm talking Mountain Dews, baby. I swear I've heard that before. Yeah, from Sean White, who you yeah. just said that you're familiar with. Of course. With. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You, you, you guys don't do sarcasm, do you? Uh, Nick, any guesses who uh, who Penny is? Oh, my God. Um, I'll Gary give you Marshall's clue. sister? No, he he's an NBA player. Oh, Penny Hardaway. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I figured you'd know as soon as I gave you basketball. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so for the back half of season five, or the back third of season five, because I got tired of dancing with racism, that I am going to do <laughs> sports, famous sports people's nicknames. Because there are a hundred of them, and nearly none of them are racist. Yeah, nearly. I, I like how <laughs> nearly. Stay away from early <laughs> Nearly none of them are. Yeah, we're going to skip the other ones because they're a lot easier to skip than in the old-timey ones where it's like, oh, yeah, it means a farmer. Or... Let's avoid that or. Uh, so welcome back to Venture Brothers. Here we are. 
uh, out of our cursed week, knocking on wood. Uh, moving on to OS, I love you. Uh, one of the, I want to say one of the better episodes. I like it. it. It is definitely kind of what I like in like the tangent episodes of Venture Brothers. It's what I would refer to in like um, if we're talking like terms of X Files type things. Like we always say, Monster of the Week, which is like right. an X Files term. It's it's one of the mythology episodes. I think sets up a lot of the world and things like that, and it brings in more of the investors. Yeah, and I'm I'm all for pretty much anything with the investors. Like I enjoy the investors; they crack me up. I think they're funny. I I just they're never really properly explained. Like I know we do have a lot of like nods here and there of like how we we got there, but for the most part, it's just kind of they're the investors. Mm. Yeah, and it just set up stuff that comes later on as well. Yeah, um, and it does kind of answer a question which we actually got wrong back in the day with um with what happens to uh Molotov Cocktees, sorry, and Monstroso. Of uh, did they come back, did they not? And I think at the time we said they don't and we were wrong. It's true. How dare we? Mm. Whatever were we thinking? Um but there's something kind of interesting to that. Like it, it's as much as I enjoy the episode and enjoy watching the episode, I think it is arguably a little forgettable because it is just a, a mythology and lore heavy episode it doesn't really have any personally i don't think it has any like one moment beyond the very very beginning that really sticks in my head um, uh there's some the there are some pretty decent moments very end. i agree the very end is also really good i because I, I like just the story element of the very end but the beginning, just with the, all right, we're going to go attack them. And then it's like, no, we're going to give them a show. And just Brock scream from off camera. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's fucking great. I don't know. You've, like, got the, you've got the really great bit of hatred, like, when he tries to go up against Molotov and, like, runs out of the room screaming and firing his guns and misses with every single shot. Again, like as cool as that is, we just saw the same thing happen to a bunch of other guys. And it's more important because this time it's somebody that we know and we like. But we did just kind of see that with the whole, like with Tank Top and what is the, the homeless guy? Um, oh, I can't remember his name. I don't remember his name, but it's fucking great. I didn't write it down either. And I always remember Tank Top just because that one cracks me up. Um, but we just saw a bunch of very well-to-do, like, certified OSI agents just all go up against her and all fail miserably. And then even Tank Top shot a rocket at her face and missed. So even though it is hatred stepping up to the plate and doing the same thing as everyone else, I feel like that moment would have been better had we not just seen it with other people. And I think that's kind of where I come at for the whole thing is, like, as good as the episode is, it's so busy giving us this really good lore, the really good story, that it kind of becomes forgettable and you remember the facts that it gives you and you kind of forget how you got them right hmm. does that make sense am i being too harsh on it no i think that you're right like i know i am coming out a little hotter than i meant to uh because i i know like brock uh he loves this episode i think he gives it a five out of five like he was a big fan of this one i mean i enjoy it too as well it's like it's one yeah. of the episodes that i on the rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, it's this one. I, I, I can't wait to watch this one again. That's the thing. It's like, I just, I forget it every time. Like, I forget all the extra characters. Like, I forget the, uh, 
uh, I even forget their names now. The the other two uh, agents that are with them, uh, the ones who actually take the shot, not remember their names at all. No, nope. like that's the oh, thing. Is like the headshot and like the golden woman yes. or whatever. Yes. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, gold, amber gold. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, she's got like great things like, well, it is. This is blonde, maybe not golden, but I won't do to going around calling myself amber dishwater. <laughs> But that's the thing is like yeah there are funny moments and there's funny things to it but there's just I don't know what it is there's just something that I just don't grab onto with this one. Does anyone else like get like a bit of a vibe that a headshot looks a little bit like Nathan Philly? I'd have to watch it again. I, I wasn't really paying attention, but I, could, I mean it could would make sense. Yeah, I just like when I was watching it. Then I was like, he kind of it looks it looks a little bit like Nathan Philly. I know he's not voiced by Nathan Philly, but there's a there's a look. Maybe it's me, but maybe it's I mean, it could. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, one of the major things that I I do really enjoy in this episode, or one of the major things that I really do, is I I like the ending of the Hank in the strength suit storyline. <laughs> yeah, like I like everything about it. I I think they were right when they decided not to leave him in the suit the whole season. I think that choice was correct because I think these jokes would have ran dry. And this episode kind of walked up to the line of where they stopped being funny, and it happens to be the end, so it worked out. Um, yeah, and it's and it's like quite nice whether they work it into the story as well, and you know that that strength suit allows them to, you know, spoiler alert, fake Molotov's death. Because, yeah. you know, it's the strength suit that he throws in and literally destroys the strength suit, but it's just an empty strength suit. Yeah, I, I think everything around the strength suit in the episode works. And I, I especially, especially love him out of the strength suit and just soaked in urine. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah I know. One of my notes is literally, uh, Hank out of the strength suit, covered in urine. Covered in urine. And was such bad muscle atrophy that he can't walk or move. She took my destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hank in the episode's good, but I mean, I, I never have a problem with Hank. Hank is always good. Yeah, because it's Hank. Yeah, I, I think the the bigger problems for me is like with Dean, like Dean and the the precogs, like. Uh, Sorry, I, primos. I Don't want to get sued. Sure. But I just, like, the whole plotline with them, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I, I love this show, and I love its random sense of humor, but this is a random Minority Report poll that doesn't really have any bearing on the episode. Yes. It's quite it's quite funny. I, I find that I like the joke of the guy picking up and going, oh, this is useless, and then you actually look at it, and it's, I can't remember what it actually, the ball actually is, but it's actually describing exactly what's happening yeah. right now. And it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I like that, and I like the the gag of the look behind you, like when he yeah. poops the thing out. Like, there's funny gags with it, but at the same time, I'm just like, what? Why? Like, what am I getting out of these two? And like, it's a really weird thing to nitpick on because it's like, what does it matter? They never come back, and it's a funny moment, and it it leads to a good distraction of Dean being the one who let out Maltov and Monstroso, and then it's like, oh no, I just let out the precogs. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, but I, yeah. I think that that's the point, is that it's really, everything there is just to set up that one kind of, like, going to commercial break bit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you can sort of tell there was a commercial there, even that watching it back now where there's no commercials, because it's like, I am not sorry. And then it's, there's, like, a cut to black, which you don't 
ever normally see in Venture Brothers. Not like, yeah. like when we're watching them back now on like Blu-ray or streaming services. It's always just goes straight in. There's never normally a cut to black or not that noticeable. Right. But that yeah. one definitely felt like a, you know, oh, come back after the advert break. Yeah, it was a uh, very noticeable, which is yeah, you're right. It's not the norm in this show. Like usually when you watch these things back, it's like watching little short films. Right. But yeah. this is like a definite TV moment. Um, do we ever find out, like now I'll just ask the question, do we ever find out what happened to Monstroso? I mean, I assume he died. I'm guessing he died because they literally push him out of, uh, and just let him go. And he, yeah, but, he does, you do see him drop towards the earth. Yeah, but he's fucking huge. Like he would have made an impact. Right. Well, yeah, but he's not going to survive. No. At the end I mean, of the day, he's still that. flesh and bone. Don't matter how you know, it's like the old the old sort of joke of don't matter how muscular muscular you are, if you get shot with a gun, it's still gonna go through it. I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of interesting because I, I think this is the main reason why at the end of Operation Prom, I'm like, no, he never comes back because even though he does come back, he comes back and dies in the same episode. Yeah, right. and, and he kinda... only is like he has what maybe six lines, maybe. Yeah. I do. I do. Does have one of my favorite jokes in the episode though, of um, where they have to make him a suit out of the the sheets, and he's like, "You could have at least laundered them first. And Brock's like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that. The guy's a bit of a bedwetter." And then it cuts to when he when he walks out, he goes, "Hey, I'm not a bedwetter." And he's like, "Whatever, puddles." <laughs> it's so good. That's pretty great. I would hate to work for the OSI, by the way. I, 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 oh I, yeah, we. All three of us would be getting nicknames like Puddles and things like that. Yeah, the OSI. No, no one would be nice to me. I, I don't. I don't bring that out of people. And they're very good at insulting people. I, I, I don't think I have the. Uh, I don't think I have the skin for it. No. Yeah. Um. So I'm just kind of looking through Brock's notes. He did a really good job this week. Thank you, Brock. He got us a lot of uh, very good stuff. I. The the biggest thing that kind of happens at the end of the episode end ish is that whole double cross of gathers working with Maltov again. This always kind of bumped me for some reason. And I want to see if you guys are kind of the same page. I've always kind of been fine with Maltov as like a more villainous Catwoman. Like Catwoman kind of walks the line of hero or villain pretty much ever since, what is it, Long Halloween? She's been hero side, then villain side, but she's always been kind of back and forth. Maltov is like the opposite, where she's kind of hero-villain, but always more on the villain side. But by right. signing up to work with them at the end, it just kind of feels like, yeah, we just want to use her more, and she's a hero now, so be cool with it. And I'm like, I just got used to her being the villain, and then I just got used to her being dead, and now she's coming back again as a slightly better person. It's like, I always kind of had that problem of like, well, what is she? Yes. I feel I the see, same way. See, for me... If she would have come back, it would have probably been more of an issue. But she doesn't. Like, so far, we've not seen her come back at all after this episode. So she's supposedly working for the OSI. No. Unless I missed something, I'm pretty certain we've never seen her. I feel like you're totally right. And I'm just going to double check. But I think I'm doing the same thing. (laughs) This is where you're like, no, you fucking idiot. She comes back in this episode. No, you're right. I think this is her last episode. Whether or not they bring her back or not later on. Um, but yeah, it's just always seemed a bit weird that 
her last episode is them basically saying, oh, no, she's working for us now as, like, a deep cover operative, and we never see her again. That makes my opinion of it that even more annoyed. Yes. (laughs) Because here I am just sitting here going, like, nah, I mean, I guess I forgot that this episode happened, because I clearly, if you go back, I say they died. So, okay, so I was wrong. They're back. My bad. Oh, they all die in this episode instead. Well, they don't really die, but one does, and the other one just disappears. It yeah. just it, it just feels weird. It does. And I think that, like, for... We, we've argued on this show about, like, sometimes they kind of give these characters a good send-off, sometimes they don't. I think it really just depends on, on a lot, I think. But this one is... It feels... It feels different because it feels so much worse than normal. Like, I remember we didn't agree with... Um, who was the guy who was on Gargantua 1 who was only in two episodes? Manstrong. Armstrong. Bud Manstrong, yeah. Bud Manstrong, yes. Bud Manstrong, I feel like they gave him a good send-off. You didn't. But at least we can kind of see eye-to-eye where it's like, well, either way, it's an ending. And this just feels like an anti-ending for both Monstroso and Molotov. Well, it could very well be an ending for Monstroso. Like, that... Him falling to his death for the second episode in a row that he appears in could very well be an ending. Like, I, I think it works. It's just the fact that it ends with the the OSI crew looking through all of their whatever computer screens and whatnot, and they list him as missing. Right. So yeah. it's like, it felt like... Because they, they don't know. Yeah, because... Well, I get that they don't know, but it still feels like this is a very easy fix of uh, a 20,000 pound man just crushed into a townhouse. I bet that was Monstroso. I bet he's dead now. Unless he landed over the water. But they he didn't. We show land. Underneath. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he's over the land, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so it's like, okay, so we know he died. So we as fans yep. know, and they don't. And I get that. But at the same time, it still feels like an intentional leaving the door open for both Monstroso and Maltov. And if they're never coming back, why did we leave it open? Maybe they just didn't know, and that's fine. I get that. Or maybe they just want to have the ability, like they don't want to throw something out that they might use later. Again, fine. But it just kind of leaves me in this wish-washy, like, uh, this is now, what? When did this episode come out? I'm looking it up now. 2008, was it? No. Can't have been that far back. 2013. 2013. Yeah. So... Six years ago, and we still don't have an answer as to what happened. Yep, and we probably yeah. never will. No, and that's I, fine. Again, I kind of like, like I'm, that. I'm okay with it. I do kind of like the like you said that they listed he's listed as missing. I do kind of like this sort of like the this sort of the flipping of it because they list Monstroso as missing, who's clearly dead, and they list uh, Molotov as deceased, who is still alive. So you've got that sort of that flipping of it around there of like, you know, the one who's actually dead is listed as missing. The one who's still alive is listed as dead. And if yeah, they would, they like could have that. done That's... something with it, but so far, because they haven't done anything with it, it's kind of like, are they gonna, or is this just a way of like, we wanted to get rid of those characters and we might want to bring Molotov back, but we're not sure yet. So we will leave her alive, but not around. And I think all of this kind of comes to my my biggest problem with the episode. And while although I do love it and I definitely like it more than Spanakopita, uh, I do have this thing of like, this feels like house cleaning. Kind of, yeah. 
Yeah. We need to set up the investors. We need to set up that we're getting rid of the strength suit, and we need to set up and we need to finish up this one loose string that we have over here because we didn't really want to kill Maltov, so we want to make sure that she's still out there in the world. But we don't actually need Monstroso, so we're going to get rid of him. What's quite interesting is this was written after they wrote Bot Seat Spot. So they needed to set up that they that they know who the clue clown, that the clue clown is on the council. They needed to set up that they know about the oh, council yeah. of 13. So I think you might be on the right track there. If it's kind of like an episode where they're like, okay, we need to, uh, we need to set this up. So we need an episode that will set this up earlier on. Yeah. Cause this is the episode where they find out about the council, right? Yeah. Yes. Cause before this OSI didn't know, and they still thought that there was a sovereign who wasn't Bowie. They knew it wasn't Bowie. It was just a shapeshifter who liked to be Bowie. Yeah. Um, we just find out that it's that it's not Bowie, right? But the at this point we assume that the OSI already knew that because Brock says yeah. something to the like, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, he has a little line like, "You and I both know that Bowie's not the sovereign. I've yeah. met them both, and uh, one of them can't turn into a dove or something like that, or the real <laughs> Bowie can't turn into a dove." Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and I, I think all that works, but it is just kind of like the more we're talking about it, the more we're kind of picking it apart. I'm like, oh, I think this is just a, a house cleaning episode, which for a house cleaning episode, this is really good. Yeah, totally. Like, there's so many of those episodes where it's like, all right, we need to get all the story out so we can enjoy the rest of the season. Where it's like, well, that was a slog. There's nothing about this episode that's a slog. It's entertaining beginning to end. I just can, I can really nitpick parts of it because I've now watched it twice in a row. Did not hit the, the dangerous three times in a row that we did with uh, last week's episode, of course. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't say anything. Don't say anything. Oh, my computer's crying. I'm looking at the notes again really quick. Sorry, Nick. Literally just double Literally just double check that I'm still recording. And I am. That's fine. I've got a point that I picked up on, which I don't know if any of you guys went with. Um. So Molotov was hired to kill all the double agents. Like, you know, uh, Hunter has that line where he's like, you mean all those double agents? Enemy agents, all of them. She tries to kill Shawleave. And the only reason she do- she couldn't kill him was that he removed the magazines from the gun. So does that mean that Shawleave's a double agent? Or does it just mean that she's that good at her job and she knew she wasn't going to kill him and she had to stay in character? Mm. Really? She knew that he was going to remove the mags i think that they play it pretty pretty clear i think that she is as good as brock and brock would know the difference between guns that have ammo in them and guns that don't see the way it's shot to me is it's like she points the guns at shawley and that's when he pulled the mags out because he still has them in his hand and then she pulls the trigger after the mags are out so she was hesitating waiting for him to take a move yeah I think this one can be dispelled pretty easily. I get what you're going yeah. for, but I think there is enough there where it's like, okay. It's just one of the last, this this latest view and I was picking up thinking, hang on a minute, is Shawley? Because that would be an interesting twist if it turns out that Shawley was actually an enemy agent. I, I refuse to say anything bad about Shawley because I think Shawley is perfect. Uh, <laughs> I never said, it just wanted to be a bad thing. It felt like you're going after him and I got to defend Shawley because I love him. No. I love Shawleaf. I think he's an amazing character. And I think it would be really interesting as well to add that extra layer in if it is there. Or I, it's just I'm just reading too much into it. I think you're reading too much into it. Because I, I think Maltov is... Like I said, she's the female Brock. So she wouldn't pull the trigger if she knew she would kill him. And so she would know there's no ammo in there. Although technically, yeah. 
I'm not going to get into it. Uh, <laughs> still doesn't really make sense, even if you just pulled out the clip, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah, uh, if you just pulled out the mic, that's still one in the chamber. I, was, yeah. I wasn't going to touch that, but, you know, <laughs> if we're going to go into the the basics of it, he would have had to, like, wrecked the... Uh, it won't be the slide, because it's a semi-automatic Uzi-type thing, but, yeah, you know what I mean. You'd yeah. Pull on the, the yeah. charging handle, or whatever you call it. Close enough. Um, yeah. I do like that in this episode, we see that Shirley even has... Uh, Shirley Vin, is it Hal? Or am I saying Hal? Al. Al. That's why I'm saying Hal, because I'm close. Al uh, are still a thing. I love that. Yes. I yeah. love the idea of the two of them. Together Hello, Sailor so Boy. <laughs> the idea of them as a couple just it warms my heart. <laughs> yeah. Especially because you can know that Shirley isn't super into it. Like you can just always kind of tell that he's he's into it enough to not want to stop seeing him, but at the yeah. same time, he's definitely not his type. <laughs> but there's just something so charming about Al that it just works. I've made up a that, whole story in my mind about the two of them, and it makes me very happy. There's that wonderful, amazing line where the guy's like, "Oh God, okay, skip ahead," and he's like, "Oh well, I got off the alarm, got off, went off, yada yada yada." <laughs> I just love the whole, so... like, what was that you always used to say about, like, any bit of detail, no matter what, could always be helpful? Like, yeah, 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 just move on. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved it if, like, you found out at the end that, like, in his story was, like, a really great detail that would have unlocked the whole thing. But it was yeah. like, nah, you didn't ask. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> mid-masturbation, they both walk through the room and explain their entire plan about how Mustros was going <laughs> to fake his death and how Molotov right. was actually, like, a double cross on the OSI. Exactly. Yeah, if, you just, if you just let me finish my story, you would have heard all of that. If he looked out the, the port <laughs> window be such a and the hands thing were, to do. were dropping Monstroso out, and then, like, yeah. a few seconds later, Molotov, like, the whole thing between them, the empty strength suit, the, I, I would have loved that so much. And he was like, honestly, this whole thing would have been solved much earlier, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and that, it's just so shore leave. It would work so well. Ah, I love it. It's great. I love shore leave. So here's before, a question right? because I, I I I've been waiting until near the end to ask this because I'm maybe I didn't catch it on both watchthroughs. Hmm. Why are the investors there? They're trying to. I think they're trying to make sure that that they don't know that what's happened to Monstroso because it's them who kill him. Got it. That makes a lot so, of sense. Yeah, I, think I sort of like took as... it as they're trying to make sure that. They they're the only ones who know Monstroso is dead, so the the OSI is going to keep chasing its tail trying to find Monstroso. Yeah, I take that as covering their tracks. Like if he's still there, they might be able to eventually figure out that the investors are a thing, and they just want anonymity as much as possible. That makes sense because Monstroso mentions pretty much everything but the investors, right? Yeah, he does not name them at all. Got it. Mm. Okay, he probably would have got to them eventually. I don't right. think so. But, I think everyone in their right mind is afraid of the investors. The only person who isn't is Killinger. Right. And yeah, I won't go there, but because that's you find that out later. Yeah. Um, but I think that, and I think that works. And I, I really like the investors in it. I like the whole like mm. them interviewing everyone because that's clearly just them going. Did anyone mention us? Right. But and then yeah. like, does right? Somebody nobody asks. does. I don't think anybody does. I think they they get through totally clear. I think there's a lot of like I don't understand how the hell this happened. 
Yeah, probably. Because even when they're pushing Brock really hard, they're even making fun of him. Like, oh, so the huge guy just disappeared. It's like, I don't know how else to say it, man. And it's like, yeah. So, okay, yeah. so he doesn't know it's okay. us. Moving that makes on. a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like so that part better. of it. I think that works really well. Uh, yeah, no, it totally. does. It was yeah. just, on the second viewing, I was like, wait, why are they there? Like, I I totally understand the way they exit and that they kind of, like, want to put their stamp on things because very right. clearly the three of them have an ego where it's that thing of, like, we don't want anybody to know about us, but we're kind of okay with getting kind of caught, you know, like leaving our hats behind, that kind of shit. But I... I just was like, I don't understand what exactly their plan is here, but I think that makes a lot of sense, that they want to make sure that Monstroso... This actually ties into what we were talking about earlier, that they want to make sure that Monstroso stays quote-unquote missing, not necessarily dead. Yeah, because if he's dead, then who killed him? Oh, no, that never mind. I take back my complaints earlier. That actually works really well. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Man. I like how it's edited together as well. The, the the editing of the episode like cutting the conversations together in in sort of like those those weird ways and it it does sort of it keeps you on the the back foot throughout the whole thing until they got that big reveal yeah i do wonder if if they'd all been cut together sequentially you'd have been you might have picked up on it thinking hang on a minute they're asking a lot of questions about certain things like you know trying to find out if anybody knew like every time you see the flashbacks it's like the investors and there, they're asking questions about around stuff like that. Yeah. The more we're talking about this one, the more I'm liking this one. Hmm. I agree. Like yeah. it's. I mean, it's like I I, I I love the little details as well. Like so, the guy who's not a full Mister yet, the rookie, is actually called Master. Which I don't know if it's the same in America. In the UK, until you become of age. You're actually your title, if you're male, is master. Huh. Interesting. I did not know that, but it explains a lot of things that I've heard in British TV and movies. Yeah. I I just I just remember I've only ever heard it as a person like being called master as a person once, and that was when I set up a bank account like when I was eight. That makes sense then. Yeah. No, that's kind of interesting. Um Especially because it's all just a show. Yeah. Like, even giving him a hat in front of the OSI is just a show for the OSI to just make them seem yeah. more real. Exactly. Ah, no. Fuck, I have completely changed my mind on this episode. I like it. <laughs> it is it's great. It's a great episode. And it does a lot of, like, really... It's really good at, like, setting up all the stuff that comes later on as well. I think I was and just... I've, I've always, I've always yeah. enjoyed it. I've always like when, when we've been going on my view, my watch throughs. I've always got to this one and they've gone, oh yeah, this is a really good episode. Then and there's always something in there that I think, oh, I didn't even think of that. I think I was just coming to this one in such a piss poor attitude because of how bad <laughs> the last week went. Yes, but <laughs> the episode turned out great. Tune in last week for the Spanakopita. It actually was a really good episode, but it was just very yeah, frustrating yeah. to record. Um, Finally, yeah. So third time's a charm and all yeah. that. We got there. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, I think we're ready for favorite character. Uh, you're going to be able to guess mine real fucking fast. It's Shoreleaf, because of Shoreleaf? course it's Shoreleaf. <laughs> I love Shoreleaf. Oh, I'm not even going to say anything else. I've said enough. You know who my character is and why I love him. Nick, what about you? 
So I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, I'd say that my favorite character was mentioned already is Puddles. Um, <laughs> 99.9% because of the story <laughs> and the name. Um, but realistically, I'd say that I, one of my favorite characters in the episode is Headshot, just because he's a monster. And I was really, really hoping he would die. And I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't die. I don't think he does. No, I think no, he's still around. Because he's being interviewed. I really was yeah, hoping yep. he would die because it's implied that he was going to try and like feel up Molotov cocktails when she had her her bag over her head and it was like what a disgusting human being. Yeah, he's horrible. Terrible. Oh yeah. That's horrible. Oh, Bumrush was the name of the uh That's uh, right. That was it. <laughs> Bumrush and Junk Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Some good quality names. Oh. Uh, for me, uh, it's <laughs> It usually is my favorite character when he's in it a lot. It's Hunter. And we've not really talked about him much, but he's got some fucking awesome lines. Like, oh, yeah. You've got the, the thing of, like, he, Sergeant Hedges comes to have his boobs removed, and then it cuts to Hunter going, uh, two great pillowy gifts from God, man, and super science, and he wanted to get rid of them. <laughs> and I just, I love that sort of, like, the thing where uh, Rusty's like, well, can we just leave then? And he's... And he's his react is the thing he says back is just lockdown means lockdown. Airport snowed in. <laughs> it's just I just love his delivery on lines and things like and like yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. Is so generally if he's in it a lot, he's usually my favorite character in the episode. I mean I can't disagree with you. You're right every time. He's fantastic. I, I wish I could argue, but there's really no point because yeah. Hunter is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of everything, right? Yeah, all the favorite characters. I think so done. yeah, I think we uh, we, we might have. There been. is there is a um a production note I picked up on which uh, which was quite interesting. Uh, originally, there was a scene where Hunter releases a bunch of super soldiers that they've been working on, and Molotov just kills them all instantly. They couldn't figure out a way to fit it in, so it wasn't ever actually finished and put in oh. but the designs of the super soldiers were reused for season six the you know the new york superheroes that's what the oh that's cool the designs were yeah interesting uh all right i think that is uh that is everything we're gonna say on osi I love you so what's what's next week mama's boys i believe so yeah I think so yeah okay which means we're which coming mean, into the last couple of episodes of the season. Yeah, we're, we? we're rounding this thing up. And that means we're getting to be uh, Enrico Mentese, which I am so excited. <laughs> I fucking love Enrico Mentese. He is the <laughs> best. Uh... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so... He's very Hank. <laughs> he is super Hank. Uh, let's do some plugs. Be sure to listen to everything on the HH Network, which includes this show, Samwise, Demon Days, After the Hype, and Damage Boost. Be sure to go to HH Pod for all of that and more. Nick, you plugging anything yet? Uh, as Jimin Hansu says at the end of Gladiator, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic. Matt, anything you're plugging (laughs) Well, you know me, I, every single one I lost my Matt. articles. Did you lose Matt <laughs> okay. right at the very end? I'm still here. Oh, there you are. Are you plugging anything? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm always talking about my articles and things like that. And yeah, go read them. 
I guess they're really good. You know, you guys keep wanting me to write them, so I'm assuming somebody, somebody's reading them and they're being well received somewhere. Um, I have not yeah, read I'm... one since the moon landing one. I'm a, a ways behind, but everything before. Ah, that, right. Yeah. yeah. So everything after the moon landing might be shit. Yeah. For all I know, yeah. everything after the moon landing shit. The moon landing <laughs> was really good. Uh, yeah. And then. So yeah, I'm working on that. Big ass one, which I'm still not going to talk about because I'm still in the research stage. Although I have started writing part of it because I was getting bored and I was like, I want to start writing it. Uh, but yeah, it's still ongoing research. As soon as I'm out of the research, when the research is done, then you'll I think I'll tell is. you what it's about. Cool. Yeah, uh, it's right. going to be huge. And then the last thing I'm going to say is, uh, I know I already plugged Demon Days, but I'm actually going to be, I'm on every episode of Demon Days because I intro every episode, but I'm actually going to, today, I'm going over to the tavern with the fellows and the party, and we're going to record an episode together. So I will be on an actual episode of Demon Days, so beyond just wow. introing it, so be sure to keep an eye out for that one. Uh, I believe the episode will be something about a bullywug, because I am a bullywug. Because, of course I am. I'm a bullywug with a bag of bricks. I brought Brick Frog into Demon Days. <laughs> Boom! Please, please, <laughs> try and slip in Brick Frog. I am absolutely going to try. I can't guarantee it, but I'm going to try. So all you Venture Bros fans out there, look for Brick, Bro- Brick Frog in Demon Days. So that's it. Thank you very much for listening. And... Bye. Bye. Bye.